Hello? Someone? Anyone? (laughs) It can feel a little bit like that at times online, am I right? (laughs) Is anyone reading my posts? Opening my emails? Does anyone care? And at other times it can feel a little bit like your audience are using some kind of revolving door. No sooner does someone follow you or join your email list than another leaves. Well, I'm not a fan of vanity metrics at all, aka having followers for the sake of followers. I do believe that as the smart business owners we are, we need to always have one eye on a clear growth strategy, which includes growing our audience, our following and our reach. But I'm not interested in growing any old audience. I want my people. And I'm here to suggest that you should want the same. Your people, that is, not mine. (laughs) The key isn't simply growing your audience, but growing your audience strategically so that they are engaged, ideal people who lap up your content and are waving their credit card at you ready to buy. So while it's absolutely possible to make a great bank with a relatively small audience, she says from her experience of scaling to six figures, today I want us to dive in deep to get Getting strategic with your audience growth. Let's go and get you more of your people, more customers, more clients, more loyal, raving fans. One, two, ten, or thirteen thousand. We're starting wherever you are, my love. This one's applicable to all. Let's do it. Let's go to the show. You're listening to the Limitless Mother podcast, bringing you strategy, mindset, and a dash of woo. If you want to learn how you can balance motherhood and money-making beautifully, if you want to learn the strategy, mindset, and manifestation tips you need to do more of what lights you up, attract more ideal clients, make more money, and enjoy more time freedom, if you want to create this vision of success because you are a mother not in spite of it, then you are in the right place, my love. I'm your host, success coach, business mentor, mother, and tea drinker, Corey Javid. So join me while we explore what's possible for us as mothers and business owners when we remove the limits. Hello, hello, Limitless Mothers. It's me, your friend, Corrie from CorrieJavid.com. How are you doing? I'm going to launch straight in with a confession. (laughs) I just spent about 10, maybe 15 minutes recording a podcast and I was like, this seems so familiar. (laughs) Yeah, because I've already recorded that episode. Oh my goodness, I'm not sure how I did that. I outlined a couple of um, episodes in one sitting and forgot where, I guess, forgot where I'd gotten up to with my recording. So I was just sitting here thinking, I don't know if this is familiar because I had it sort of in my head. That's how these podcast episodes begin and then outlined a little or in a Google Doc, or and then I was like, no, wait a second, <laughs> and I paused it, and had a look in um, my folders online, and saw that, yes, I already recorded that episode, so that's kind of <laughs> a waste of time, but hey-ho, could have been worse, I could have recorded the entire thing, and I just thought I'd share that with you, because, you know, we're all human, we all do silly things sometimes, so what's going on over here? Well, I am super excited because I am speaking at an event this week on Thursday. I'm speaking at the Momentum event with my lovely friend, colleague, 
client, Erin Thomas-Wong, and I spoke at her event last year and it was incredible. Such amazing women in the room, such a fantastic vibe and really looking forward to Thursday's event and really hoping to meet some more of you listeners because last year I got to meet some listeners in person. That was really fun. And I know that there's a couple of you um, coming along this year um, and also potentially some Limitless Money students because I know that there are also a couple who are in Erin's wider sphere too. So all of the reasons to be happy this week. What else is going on? I've just been to the gym, typical Monday for me and I've been out on date nights with my husband recently and also fun trips out and things with my daughter and it just kind of got me thinking this weekend that things that we do and spend our time doing regularly, like eating out, like going to the cinema. These are the sorts of things that please me. Maybe this doesn't please you, but (laughs) for example, my daughter and I went to the cinema. You may have heard me mention that she's obsessed with Jane Austen. Yes, I realize this is probably not normal for an eight-year-old, but she's obsessed with Jane Austen at the moment. So I took her to the cinema to see Emma and we got the recliner seats and we had popcorn and it was just a wonderful time. Now, At our cinema, there is parking right in the very building, which means that you don't have to go outside and get wet. Um, But it's kind of like, quote unquote, expensive. I don't really like that phrase anymore because I think spending money is always a choice, right? And so I used to tell myself that, well, I won't park there. I'll save the like three pounds is what it really boils down to. I'll save the three pounds and I'll park in the cheaper car park that is a walk away. Now it's not a big walk, but it's, you know, when it's windy and raining outside, it's a hassle, right? And it's a really dark car park and not my favorite. So if you're coming out and it's dark, then it's not very pleasant. And I just was reflecting on the fact that it doesn't even occur to me to park in that crappy car park anymore that I'm just like, screw the three pounds. Like I want comfort and I park with abandon in the building where our cinema is. And it's those tiny things that actually make me smile still on a regular basis and appreciate the abundance in my life. Now, you may not think that parking in a particular place feels abundant, right? But it's just, for me, it was like one of those things that I used to do all the time when I was back in my lack mindset and was living in a lack reality that I'd created for myself often, and feeling like I had to penny pinch all the time. And this doesn't mean that we can't be smart with our money and savvy with our money, of course, but I felt like I was penny pinching and it felt exhausting driving to this particular place because the petrol was slightly cheaper, going to that particular supermarket for this one or two items because it was cheaper. I mean, exhausting personally. Um, And so having learned how to create more abundance in my life, yes, I get to do incredible things like go on amazing epic holidays um, and renovate our home beautifully and go on luxurious spa days and so on and so forth, those things that are important to me. But also it's the little day-to-day things that I particularly enjoy. So I just thought I would share that with you. Um, While we're talking about that, if you want to get onto the wait list for Limitless Money, if you want to go and just park in whichever car park you desire, um, head over to corriejavid.com forward slash Limitless. We will be opening that course later this year. And the ladies who were on the wait list last time will be able to tell you they got some exclusive discounts that nobody else did. They got first dibs at some bonuses that they didn't even end up really announcing because they all snapped them up. So 
insiders get rewards, action takers get rewards in my sphere. If that's interesting to you, go and get on the waitlist, corriejavid.com forward slash limitless. But we're actually here today to talk about strategy. Strategy month, whoop whoop. I hope you're enjoying strategy month. I love getting hella strategic. I have a very strategic thinking brain. I don't know if that is inherent or if it was from my 10 plus years in an investment bank, but it does serve me well because I think when you can be really strategic with your business, uh, it just gives you that focus and that momentum, right? So even though I adore talking about money and mindset and woo, I absolutely love strategy too because strategy is like the vehicle that gets us where we're going. Have you ever heard me talk about this analogy before? So I always say that having a great strategy but a really crummy mindset is like having a beautiful car but no fuel in it. (laughs) So I feel like the strategy is the car and our mindset is the fuel and you have to have the two. Otherwise, it just doesn't work, right? Either the car doesn't move or you've got some fuel and nothing to put it in. (laughs) So this is why we always need the two together. And this is why I love talking about strategy with you ladies. So let's get into today's topic, which is this, how to grow your audience strategically. So let me ask you this question. Is it time to grow your audience strategically? It's kind of a trick question because you know what the answer is? always. (laughs) It's always time to grow your audience strategically. Now, the kind of strategy that you're using to grow your audience will, of course, vary depending on your business and where you're at and things. And so, for example, I was growing my audience in a very different way up until recently because my business was predominantly one-to-one based and I did not need a large audience. I needed a small and super engaged, super warm audience because in order to feel ready to work with somebody one-to-one, you have to have built up that know, like, and trust, right? And so And that's true of any purchase, but more so for kind of higher ticket, um, spending money on that high level support, you need to feel like you really know that person. And so I wasn't as concerned with widening my reach when I was very one-to-one focused. I was just concerned with attracting the right people and really investing in warming them up and providing value in, in advance, providing results in advance. Now, that is still my aim. I am always still wanting to provide results in advance. That's why we're here. That's why I'm talking to you today. I want to give you some results, right? <laughs> I want to share something with you that's going to help you because I'm obsessed with your success. Don't know if you know this about me. <laughs> it's true. Um, but now my strategy is changing and shifting gears a little bit because while that will still remain very much my focus, providing value up front, I am now wanting to really widen my reach so I can widen the impact that I'm creating through my work. Now, obviously, I'm not widening the impact that I can create through my one-to-one because I have a set number of clients that I will serve at one time ever, but I can serve in a bigger way. I can empower more women through my templates and through my Limitless Money course. So that's just a bit of insight into my audience growth and how it's kind of shifted. And my point being that you can be growing strategically at any point of your business, but the 
intention behind your strategy might vary depending on where you're at, but also depending on your business model. Because if you have a brand new business and you are, say, selling courses or membership sites or digital products of some other description, then yours is more of a numbers game straight out of the gates because you will want that wider reach because you've presumably got that lower ticket price point. So let's get stuck into how to strategically grow your audience because it is something that you want to be doing. (laughs) Maybe your email list is three people right now. No shame in that game. We all start with zero, right? We all start probably with our mums or our best friend or our husbands or something. Um, Maybe there are 17 people in your Facebook group or maybe you have like 98 followers on Instagram. Wherever your audience are, What we are all after really is an active and engaged audience of the right people. And here's why. When we have an active and engaged audience of the right people, then it can mean all manner of results for you and for your business. So although my audience hasn't been huge up until quite recently and actually I mean it might be big by your standards but for me from where I am at and I'm always looking at people with say now seven figure eight figure businesses my audience size is small comparatively it's all relative right but for me having an active and engaged audience of the right people has been paramount from the start and I've been really strategic with how I have called people in and made sure that they're the right people and here's what it's done for me it's booked out my one-to-one it means that I am always fully booked and I always have a waiting list so let's look at my business quickly here for an example the reason why I'm an advocate of you building an active engaged audience of the right people is because of what doing that has done for my business and how I see this panning out for my one-to-one coaching clients all the time too right so for me um, the one of the first things I did to build my audience was start my Facebook group now this doesn't mean you need a Facebook group don't misunderstand anything that I'm sharing today in that respect this is not a blueprint or a cookie cutter strategy it's to us talking about the fundamentals of strategically growing your audience. So that was one of the first places that I started growing my audience. I had an Instagram account, but really having active and engaged people, I was cultivating that type of audience inside my Facebook group from very early on. And that served me really well. And so I was showing up in that Facebook group, doing Facebook lives, giving a ton of value, giving results in advance. We've talked about this as being part of the strategy um, on a previous episode, right? And it was the thing that filled up my one-to-one coaching um, practice, first of all. So becoming fully booked the first time was off of the back of having that Facebook group. And then I transitioned to the podcast and things took off more quickly. From there, I think because of this vehicle just being so perfectly aligned to my ideal client so again it's those having the right people in your audience I don't want just any old person listening to this show I don't want kind of Bob the bricklayer no offense Bob's bricklayers of the world but you know you're not limitless mothers (laughs) you're limitless bricklayers and I want the right people I want the women who are excited to be creating their own version of success for themselves and who are excited to be cultivating that limitless mindset for themselves and then passing it on to their children like these are some of the factors that make somebody the right person for my audience right so it's really important that you know who your people are but this is what having an active and engaged 
audience of the right people has done for my business. So I got fully booked and then I have stayed fully booked and had a waiting list pretty much ever since then. And of course, now that growing audience of the right people who are engaged and who are active has meant that I have been able to diversify and bring in additional revenue streams like the Limitless Mother template shop and like Limitless Money, my audio money mindset course. So these are just some of my results. But the point is that when you have the right people and you've got them somewhere and they are actively engaged, meaning they are consuming your content, they are reading your emails or listening to your podcast or watching your Facebook lives and they are commenting, replying, sharing. When you have that, then you have people who are going to be loyal to your brand. You have people who you are building genuine relationships with and when you build genuine relationships by having this type of an audience then you get all manner of beautiful abundance um, as a result because sales are really built on relationships but it has to start with growing your audience strategically in this way so I'm hoping that's motivated you to think about yes I need to start growing my audience more strategically so that I end up with this active and engaged audience of the right people because I am not interested in vanity metrics any of us could go and pay some bots to purchase a load of Instagram followers it's not going to do anything for our businesses right those vanity metrics what we want are the right people the right people who are going to love what we're talking about what we're sharing what we're giving out there and then from there take the next step into our sphere of influence and start engaging with us in a bigger and better way and potentially buying from us too right so this is what it's done for my business this is what growing your audience strategically has done for all of my private coaching clients businesses but I want this to be something that you can harness the power of too and so that's really what we're going to dig into today Okay, let's start breaking this down. How do you go about growing your audience strategically? Well, first of all, growing it strategically means getting those right people. And also it means bringing them in, creating a relationship with them, and from there, leading them to the possibility for a sale. That's what I mean by growing your audience strategically. So you absolutely must know who your ideal clients are, because if you don't, how can we go and grow your audience strategically full of the right people, right? Um, And we also want to be providing value up front. So those are some of the fundamentals that I talk about quite often here, but I just want to make sure that it's never forgotten. We always want to be targeting the right people and giving value in advance. So First things first, in order to grow your audience strategically, I would really recommend having one key place that you are cultivating your audience, one key place that you're growing this community or audience. So that for you could be your email list. It could be one of your social media platforms. It could be a podcast. But hear me, please. It should not be all of these places and all at once. No, (laughs) that's the way to burn out and that's how you stretch yourself too thin and you don't actually gain any traction. So like I mentioned, when I started out, my one place, my one audience was my Facebook group. Now I still have that community. I still adore that community, but it was my one place, my sole focus. And that's why I was doing Facebook lives in there to give people a reason to show up and to give that kind of reward of extra value to the women who had taken the trouble to come and join my group. Now, my number one audience is 
here. It's you. It's you, my love. The podcast is my audience of focused and it's the one that I'm growing most strategically. I also have, of course, an email list now, but I'm at the stage of my business where I have support and where I have enough traction that I can be growing more than one audience at once. And actually the podcast and the email go hand in hand really nicely. And those of you who are on my email list will know that I send out a Tuesday email every single Tuesday with unique, valuable content. It could be a message sharing something that I'm working through, mindset-wise, for example, or a lesson that I've learned. And I get really honest in there, really vulnerable sometimes. But I, again, I make content for that particular audience that is unique and valuable. Now, I don't want you to start thinking that you need to start creating unique content for every single platform. That's not what I'm saying here. But I think you should have one main piece of value-based content for one main audience that you're growing in the first phases of business for at least your first year until you really gain some traction. So like I said, for me, initially, that one main piece of content used to be my Facebook Lives every single week, a ton of value that I poured into those, giving them away freely and gladly. And my one main audience was my group. From there, I transitioned to the podcast. So here is twice a week, free value-based content, giving you those results in advance. And I've also now layered in because I'm good two and a bit years into my business here. Um, I've also layered in my email list in a bigger and more pronounced way. So those are the two main places that I'm growing my audience most strategically. Now my group grows itself at this point as a result of growing my email list. So I don't have to kind of focus on growing that strategically because it, it grows itself. Does that make sense? So I just want you to get clear, first of all today, where is your key audience and what is the key piece of value-based content that you're going to be sharing with that audience? Now, it could be just as simple as having a YouTube channel and YouTube is where you are cultivating your audience, your subscribers, and you're pumping out a video once a week, for example. It could be that your email list is the main place and you want to be really driving people to your email list and you're sharing a ton of value to the people on your email list and that's your community and your audience. But it doesn't matter which it is for you, but just pick one. Do not try to be in all the places all the time. Okay, so Now that you have that one key focus for your audience, you know where the focus is going to go. How can you formulate one core growth strategy? So I would really recommend having a, you know me, I think simple is best when it comes to strategy. I mean, hey, simple is best a lot of the time in life, right? We overcomplicate things so unnecessarily. But having one simple strategy for your audience growth, rather than trying out all manner of strategies, throwing spaghetti at the wall and seeing what sticks, I would recommend having one strategy for growth. So how do you grow your audience strategically? Number one, you know where your audience are that you're going to grow. And number two, you know what your strategy is is for bringing them in. Your one core strategy could be something like, I'll give you a load of examples here, posting organic content in other people's Facebook groups. That could be your key strategy to grow your audience. So you could be telling them about 
your YouTube channel or your Facebook group or your podcast or your emailing list, whatever is your thing that you're looking to grow. You could be in other people's groups doing that. That's one strategy. Um, Another strategy would be Facebook ads. Okay, so paid advertising is a strategy to grow your audience. You could be driving traffic to a particular lead magnet and growing your email list. Another strategy could be guest blogging. So perhaps you're an amazing wordsmith and you've got some great connections. You could be getting in front of other people's audiences by guest blogging there and then at the end inviting them to take that step into your world, into your sphere by either joining your email list or joining your group or whatever is the audience you're looking to grow. So those are just three examples. Obviously there are a myriad of different strategies that you could be using, but just pick one. So it'd be very easy for you to write down all of those that I just mentioned and trying to be doing all of them. But especially if you are at the point in your business where it's still just you and you don't have support, you're going to have to be the one executing the strategy, right? So you want to keep it simple and just go all in on that one strategy. So for me in the first year of my business, where my one core audience was my group, My key strategy was sharing value-based content in other people's Facebook groups. So I was in three or four groups and I would show up in there daily, engage with people in that group, share value in advance and then invite them to my group by giving them opportunities like, hey, I'm doing this free training over here, come and join me, for example. So that was my key strategy at first. Now, I should mention that there were a couple of opportunities to double up and grow my email list at the same time. So I was doing Facebook Lives once a week. That was my key piece of content. And then at least once a month, I was doing a like three day, five day, two day live stream event of some kind. So that was the sort of typical run of things. Now, of course, those things presented opportunities to simultaneously grow my group and my email list. So sometimes you can find an efficiency there. So you've got the one strategy, my strategy being showing up in other people's groups and then sharing live streams inside of my group as the kind of enticement in. But sometimes there's that opportunity to double up and be able to grow, say, your email list at the exact same time as growing your group because you haven't needed to create a new strategy. That's absolutely great if you can do that. If you can find ways to double up, then do. But what I'm really trying to guard against here is having a number of different strategies that you feel like you have to execute on and then not knowing which is priority. So that's what it looked like for me from the first year or so. And then since then, things have changed quite considerably. So I have the podcast And now in my business, we do spend money on advertising. So I am now paying to grow my email list because I know that when I grow my email list, actually it grows my podcast. And we do sometimes put some ad spend behind podcast episodes in Facebook as well to grow the podcast. So because that is my key focus right now, my strategy looks very different because I'm at a different phase in my business. So you know where your one audience is that you're looking at really focusing on. You know what your one key piece of value-based content is that you're going to be sharing regularly. And you know who your ideal clients are, right? And you know your one core growth strategy. What is the one main way you're going to be getting in front of new people, that cold traffic, those people who don't know who you are, and then welcoming them into that one audience that you're going to 
to create. So these are some of the fundamental pieces that you need to be growing your audience strategically. Now, how can you attract the right people? So, okay, you're showing up in this Facebook group or okay, you've done a blog post over there um, or you're sharing organic content on your own social media channels and then inviting people into your Facebook group or onto your email list or whatever the thing is. But how can you make sure that you're getting the right people? And by the right people, we mean people who are going to be ideal customers and clients for you and who really resonate with your message and who you are and who are going to become those long fans for life, those brand advocates. How can you do that? Well, first and foremost, and pretty much no one ever believes me the first time I say this because too often we have feelings of unworthiness around this, but trust me when I say this to you, my love, the number one thing that you can be doing to attract the right people, it doesn't involve anything strategic, it doesn't involve any tactics, it is literally by being you. Now, I know that that's going to fall on deaf ears for some of you, but I'm going to say it again. The number one thing that you can be doing to be attracting the right people into your audience, those people who are like waving their credit card at you saying, hey, I want to buy your thing. I want to work with you. (laughs) I love what you're doing or sell me those things that you're making. It's by being you, totally you, not some version of yourself that you think that you need to be in order to feel enough, in order to feel worthy of success, in order to feel worthy of making sales. None of that, just you, just exactly as you are, not more qualified, not with a shinier website, just you exactly as you are really want you to take that on board. The second thing that you can be doing to attract the right people more strategically though is you can get really clear on, like I've mentioned already today, on who your ideal clients are. Now I have a really specific exercise that I do with all of my private coaching clients. When they onboard with me, I always want to find out who their ideal clients are so I can understand, so I can help them with their marketing and their messaging, but also it helps my one-to-one clients, even if they think they know their ideal clients, I've never done this exercise and not had my client feel surprised and like she knows and understands her ideal clients in a bigger and deeper way. So I always do this particular exercise and I don't have time to go into the specifics because we could go through a whole episode on this, but I will give it to you in a nutshell. It is really getting to know where your person is at, what they're struggling with, and where they want to be. Now, this is true even for a product-based business. So I would recommend getting really clear on how your ideal client wants to feel. And so this is the thing, people connect with us based on emotions. And when we can connect on an emotional level, it's a really great start to that relationship that I was talking about and relationships lead to sales, right? So when you can understand how your ideal client is feeling right now and how she wants to feel, then it's going to make your marketing and your messaging really powerful. And it's going to help you to grow your audience more strategically because you can use that information from that ideal client exercise in your messaging to really magnetize 
your people to you. And so what you do then is once you have that ideal client information, so you have a list of all of her pain points and challenges and things that are keeping her stuck and things that are preventing her from taking action and how those things are making her feel. And then you also have a list of where she wants to be, what she wants to achieve, how she wants to feel. So that's the second aspect there. So point A, where she's at, point B, where she wants to be. When you have all of that, you can feed it into social media posts so that your social media content, for example, is really magnetic in that same way because it just really lands and resonates with your ideal client because you're talking in her language about things that she's struggling with or things that she wants and how she's feeling. You can use it in your lead magnet. So um, if you decide you're going to create some kind of lead magnet to grow your audience strategically, you definitely want to be understanding your ideal clients and be inside her head. That's how we grow an audience strategically and attract the right people by not just thinking, hmm, I'd like to create a lead magnet. I know I could create a checklist of this or a PDF workbook of that. Nothing wrong with checklists and workbooks, by the way, but it's just we can often start at the wrong place from what can I create or what do I have rather than what does she need? Where is she at right now? How can I reach her? What is she thinking? How can I give her a micro win right now that's going to help her and in doing so, when I give her that result in advance, it builds up that little bit of trust with her and starts a relationship. So that's how we start to grow our audience strategically. It's by putting the needs and desires and focus of our ideal clients first. And that's how we can be really magnetic in what we're doing. So when we talk about a lead magnet, we can then use all of that great knowledge that we have about our ideal clients to make something really strategic that will take them one or two steps on the journey that we know that ultimately we can help them to achieve. So if you imagine, for example, your client as if they are on this big journey from point A, where they're at right now, to point B, where they want to be, and you're offering, whether that's a service, a course, a membership, whatever, the thing is that you're providing. Your thing is what gets her there. It's the bridge across the water from point A to point B. So if you're creating something like a lead magnet, you want it to be that first step, that first step onto the bridge so that she can see she's on the bridge now. She's made some progress and you are the person that provided and built the bridge for her. This is making sense. So this is how we get strategic. We think about where we want to get these people to first and then we work back from there. And we work all the way back so that we are creating a lead magnet strategically and then messaging for, say, social media strategically so that we're starting right where they are and meeting them where they are. And then is this same thinking can feed into everything that you're doing. So social media posts, lead magnets, your landing page for your lead magnet. This is why my lead magnet landing page template over in the Limitless Mother template shop works so well. So for me, typically my landing pages convert at around 70, 70, I think 75%, which is phenomenal. Industry standards were less than 20 typically, or around 20 is seen as a good conversion. I've had template shop customers get those results um, or even more. I've even had some beat me on those numbers, which is amazing. I love it Um, for their lead magnet landing pages. And, And the reason that that template works so well in creating a landing page that converts so highly is because it's super strategic in the way that it calls in 
your ideal clients to help you grow your audience full of the right type of people. So a high converting landing page is amazing, but it's also attracting to you those people who are going to be the most engaged and the most active. And then from there, the most likely to buy from you down the road. And by the way, if you if you want that template for yourself, if you're like, yes, I need this, head over to the Limitless Mother template shop, corriejavid.com forward slash shop. And that one is the lead magnet landing page template. So all of these things combine together to help us grow our audience strategically. And in terms of attracting the right people, we need to first and foremost just be ourselves. The more we can show up as an authentic version of ourselves, just being us as we are, no airs and graces, no false pretensions, no facade or shiny exterior required just being ourselves, the more we will magnetically attract our ideal clients and customers. I know that can feel difficult to believe if you're in that place of not feeling worthy of showing up exactly as you are. And if that's you, I'd really suggest going and working on your feelings of worthiness and enoughness and deserving because that's going to slow you down, my love. And I don't want you to be slowed down on your path to success. But that is the first and most fundamental thing if you want to attract the right people. And there's actually no strategy involved there. It's just being more you. (laughs) The second thing that I was mentioning there is that really get to know your ideal clients. From there, that information that you know about your ideal client spills into your social media posts, your lead magnet, your lead landing page, for example. All of these ways that we can be capturing people to grow our audience. Because like I said at the very top of the show, we're not just looking to attract numbers. We want to attract the right people. This is how. So how can you strategically then lead them to the sale? So we've talked about defining our audience. Where are we going to be cultivating? And we've talked about defining our one key piece of value-based content to be delivering results in advance. We've talked about having one strategy for growth, one core strategy that keeps it super simple so we know what we're doing. We can show up and execute consistently and gain traction. And then we've talked about how we attract the right people. But then what's next? Well, growing your audience strategically isn't just about growing them and then they sit there. (laughs) It's about growing them, building relationships with them and then leading them to a sale. So let's say you now have hundreds, thousands of people on your email list or in your group or subscribing to your YouTube channel or listening to your podcast, wherever your audience is. Now what? (laughs) Now what do you do with them? Well, the next thing is, is we want to be continuing to build that relationship with them so that we can lead them to a sale. Because at the end of the day, we all have started our businesses, I'm guessing, because we want to help people. And so a sale is that point at which we get to really help people. Because as much as we put free value-based content out there to help people and people can get amazing wins and results from them, the type of results, the type of wins, the type of outcomes and transformations that people can get from us increase exponentially when they have some skin in the game, when they've invested, when they've paid, right? So people just will never necessarily get the same type of massive wins and outcomes from our free content. So we of course want to be providing opportunities for people to understand how we can help them, how they can work with us so that we can help them achieve what it is that you help your people to achieve. 
So how can we strategically then lead this audience that we're growing to a sale? Well, you need to have methods in place to actually nurture that relationship. So you attract them in by providing some value that gets their attention, but then you want to do something in order to keep cultivating that relationship. So a classic example, and I'm sure you've heard of this already, is if you're growing your email list as your core audience, then having an email nurture sequence. So an automated sequence of emails that go out and that start to get to know that person who has joined your email list, maybe invites them to reply or reach out to you in some way and in which you also share more of you and your story, your values and what you're about. It helps to build up more of that know, like and trust factor and build up more of a relationship. So I love my email nurture sequence. Actually, we've just been updating it. But I love it because when women join my email list, so often they will take up the opportunities that I provide to hit reply and send me a question or tell me where they're at with something. And I personally read all of these. I'm still in a position where I can do this and I know that I'm super grateful for being in this position. And I know that it might not last forever, but while it's lasting, I'm loving it. <laughs> but I get to read and then personally reply. And so that for me is amazing because I get to start creating real relationships. These are people we're talking about. We're not just talking about an audience, a faceless sea of people um, with no names, no faces of just a growing mass of numbers. We're talking about people on our lists or people in our groups or people subscribing to our channels and podcasts. We want to make sure that we are treating them as people and getting to know them as the individuals that they are, right? So I'd love you to think then about that next step for you. How can you be nurturing relationships. Relationships are the easiest and best, most authentic way to make sales in a way that feels good for you and for them. So how can you be strategically nurturing relationships? Let's say, keep using the Facebook group example, it could be showing up there regularly and continuing to provide support. It could be polling that audience, finding out what do your people need and then providing it for them. It could be finding other ways to create connection with your people. So making sure that you're reading and responding to their comments and questions, inviting questions. You know, you could have a weekly question prompt, for example, where you give specific and targeted help. The actual tactics of the thing will vary, of course, depending on your audience, where they are, what they're doing and how you help them. But I really would like you to think about, okay, now that you have amassed these people in this one place in your key audience, what are you going to do with them to keep building that relationship? How are you going to create that sense of trust? How are you going to help them to see that you are the person that can help them get to where they want to go or feel how they want to feel? And so one aspect of that, regardless of what you're doing and where and how, is consistency. So I've talked about it a lot on the show before. I have an episode called Consistency is Queen. We will link that up in the show notes for you. If you haven't listened, definitely go and listen to that one. But consistency is really key in building up trust. So if you've ever been on somebody's email list before, for example, and they'll email you like six times in a week and then you don't hear from them for like three months and then there's one email and then nothing for a month and then there's seven emails and then nothing for two weeks, it's, it's really confusing and you don't know when to expect to hear from them and after a while you might just feel like, oh, I'm just going to unsubscribe, they kind of seem to be erratic. 
how we show up online can be quite indicative of how we're going to show up for our people. So this is why whatever your strategy is for nurturing your audience, one of the biggest favors that you can do for yourself is to be consistent with that. So whether that is email or in a Facebook group or Instagram stories or an Instagram life, whatever that looks like for you, being consistent really helps to build up that sense of trust from your people. And that's why I say pick one place and one key piece of content so that you're only having to be consistent with that one thing each week so that you make it easier on yourself, right? But that's really um, fundamental to building relationships and then from there, sales. So, Let's just do a quick recap because we've covered a lot today. Anytime we get strategic, there's a lot to get into, all the nitty gritty. But what we're aiming for here is that strategically grown audience. When we are growing an audience strategically, we're not just growing them because it feels good. We're not just getting metrics and numbers for the sake of vanity. We are growing a community of people who are actively engaged with the content and our work that we're providing out there and who are the right people to be ready to buy from us, okay? And so how we do that is we define that one audience, that one place that we're going to gather these people as our primary focus. We define that one core piece of value-based content that we're going to show up and provide to give results in advance. We have the one core strategy of what we're going to be doing to be growing that one focus audience. And then we also do the work to make sure that we are attracting the right people. We show up as ourselves. We get to know our ideal clients and then we get really strategic with the things that we are putting out there, whether that be social media posts, lead magnets and the likes because when we're really inside our ideal clients heads then we can share content and messaging in a way that really truly resonates with them it's one of my absolute favorite things to do with my one-to-one clients if they come along to me and they are struggling to attract their ideal people or just struggling to attract people in general doing this I just absolutely love when that starts to turn around and they start getting engagement and people reaching out to them and saying hey I love that post it really spoke to me I felt like you were speaking to directly to me it's just the best feeling (laughs) so and then from there how can you strategically be leading people to a sale by nurturing relationships with them and then providing regular opportunities to take that next step with you and buy so have those things clear in your mind have a clear path that you are drawing you can literally draw this out if you want to map out how somebody goes from not knowing who you are at all that's your cold lead they have no idea who you are how can you grab their attention How can you warm them up, provide that value in advance, those results in advance? How can you nurture that relationship with them? And then from there, converting them into a sale will be so much easier because you've invested in that relationship. But map it out, map out and know what those key points are. How do you grab somebody's attention? How do you provide value in advance? How do you nurture that relationship? And how do you convert them to a sale? Make sure you have that really clearly mapped out. And then it makes your job so much easier easier because you can look at which of those pieces is working and which isn't. And if it's not, it just means that you need to make a little tweak or adjustment, right? Not throw the whole thing out, the whole strategy out and start again. So this is how we get super strategic. 
with growing our audience. I hope this has given you a lot of food for thought and it's actually very simple. So I know we've covered a lot, but I've covered a lot because I've been giving you lots of different examples because I know that there's lots of different types of businesses out there. But your strategy to grow your audience can be really straightforward. So I really love you to take the time after you've listened to this, whether that's now or later today or tonight or this weekend, map out that customer journey for your particular client or customer from cold, don't know who you are, to warm and then to hot and then to converted client or customer and lifetime fan (laughs) of your brand. So I have a number of resources and things that can really help you out with some of the strategy that we've been talking about today. So go and check them out over in the Limitless Mother template shop. So the templates that I have that might interest you are, first of all, growing your tribe, running a challenge that converts. So running challenges is a super great way of um, magnetizing your people to you because it gives them a reason to join your audience. And then also providing a really great result in advance that speeds up that nurturing of that relationship with you. Because when you can provide that result in that kind of challenge-based setting, then people are like, oh my goodness, this has been amazing. Let me buy from you. So I've had some clients who have recently just been absolutely nailing their challenges and then having really successful launches off the back of them. So if that's something that interests you, head over to the Limitless Mother template shop, corriejavid.com forward slash shop and get the Grow Your Tribe running a challenge that converts template and in there there's everything that you need to run a really great challenge so it breaks down how you know what to even run a challenge on and using that strategy that we've talked about today to be strategically using this to grow your audience or helps you map out the actual content for the challenge and there's a really thorough checklist in there because I've run many myself and handheld many one-to-one coaching clients through challenges of their own so there's a really thorough checklist of everything that you need to do so if you've never run one before if you have and you found it a bit haphazard hazard and messy definitely you'll love that template other templates that I've got that can help you with what we've been talking about today are my lead magnet landing page template which is a bit famous at this point because people get such amazing conversion rates from this template so if you have a lead magnet of any description that could be a challenge a live stream training series a pdf document a checklist whatever any kind of that you are giving in exchange for growing your email list then go and get the lead magnet landing page template and that helps you to create a landing page that converts really highly meaning that your people say yes to your thing and end up on your email list we also have the email nurture sequence template so this is seven emails mapped out exactly that I've used several times in my business in different incarnations. So I've gone back to this template a number of different times when I needed to create a different strategic focus to how I was building relationships with people coming onto my email list. But it's a seven step, a seven part email sequence that nurtures that relationship with somebody that's newly stepping into your email list um, over several days or weeks, depending on your spacing. But it helps you to know exactly what to say and when to be really strategic to be growing that particular audience in a strategic way also resources that can help you and we have a podcast episode specifically on lead magnets it is 
episode 105 the right way to create a lead magnet that converts so if you didn't listen to that and a lead magnet is something that you want or need then go and listen to that episode free resource there for you my love Um, another resource that might help you to grow your audience strategically with some of the specifics we've been talking about today is the episode that we have on the secret to attracting and converting more ideal clients we're going to put all of the links for these in the show notes so you can get to them via your podcast player or I'll give you the specific link at the end of the show but if you want to purchase any of those templates specifically then just head over to the Limitless Mother template shop corriejavid.com forward slash shop Um, and there's also a link directly to the shop right in your podcast player so if you just poke this show and you can see the information that comes up there'll be a lovely easy link there to the shop if any of those templates are going to help you to be growing your audience more strategically but before we wrap up we definitely have time for today's dash of woo what is a dash of woo it is a short practical manifestation or mindset tip designed to take what we've been talking about on today's show and implement it into your life and business with that extra ease, pizzazz and sparkle. What's not to love about that, right? So I want to share this with you, this particular dash of woo, because we've been talking about how to grow your audience strategically. Now, strategically for you might be growing a small but really warm audience or it might be growing your audience in a bigger way but anytime that we are actively growing our audience what we're doing is we're getting more visible right because we are literally growing our audience by getting our products services value-based content in front of new people in front of new eyes so it goes hand in hand with getting more visible and now I know and I'm saying this personally I know from personal experience they're getting visible can be a bit triggering and provoking for us and it can bring up feelings of unworthiness and all kinds of resistance and it can make us stay small and keep stuck and so if you're on my email list you'll know that I shared recently that one of the mindset blocks that I've been working through um, lately has been with regards to how I'm really going to be scaling my audience in a big way and because I feel so passionate about positively impacting and financially empowering just as many women and as many mothers as I possibly can so I have that big burning goal and desire but of course to do that to reach more women and to reach a big number of women I'm gonna have to get really visible and I noticed that that was creating some resistance in me Um, if you're on my email list you'll have already read this so I won't go into the specifics of that, but I'm just saying that this is something that I've also worked through recently because although I worked through it in a different way when I first was getting visible online, now feeling ready to really up-level my business and really expand my reach brought up new mindset blocks around this. And so this was something that I have been working through. So I just wanted to share this dash of woo with you based off of that because I know that this can come up when we are growing our audience. So if you're feeling triggered about the idea of getting your work out there and it's starting to bring up feelings of imposter syndrome or not feeling worthy or not feeling good enough or just feeling afraid of judgment, what I would really love you to do is first of all notice, it's always the first step with mindset work, right? Notice that that's coming up. So when you're going through your plans, when you're mapping out your strategy that we talked about today, if you notice that little fear, that doubt, that niggling feeling, that kind of tightness in your chest or weird feeling in your belly, however that manifests for you, if you notice it, grab a journal 
and start writing down what am I really afraid of here and get just super honest with yourself. No judgment, no censoring, just let it out and get it onto paper. What am I really afraid of here? What's the story? What story am I telling myself about getting visible? When we can shine a light on that, then we can do something about it, right? So I shared in that email to my email list, what that story, well, one of the aspects, because it was a couple, but one of the aspects of what that story was for me. And then I went ahead and reprogrammed that part of my subconscious. So I realized that I had a specific belief about getting visible and what it meant when it was in a bigger way that wasn't serving me. So when you can do this, when you do this journaling prompt, you will then be able to shine a light on the opportunity that you have to shift your belief system. Because if you're feeling resistance, if you're feeling afraid or doubtful about growing your audience, it's because you have a belief in your subconscious that isn't serving you. Simple as that. So this journaling prompt is designed to get to that root of that subconscious belief. And so just let it out, get it onto paper, ask yourself, what am I really afraid of here? What am I scared of happening what am I fearful of? And get really specific and really clear and then see if you can see a pattern of how this has shown up in your life before. And sometimes it's really easy. Sometimes you're like, oh my goodness, I get it. It's because this one thing happened. And ever since then, I've always felt like X, Y, Z. But when you really know what that belief is that's lodged in your brain, that's not serving you, then you have an opportunity to undo it. So how can you undo it? So once you've gone and done the work to shine the light on where that resistance is coming from, you then can create a new belief off the back of it. So you can take it and flip it into a positive, for example, or you can just go ahead and create the belief. You can think of, okay, if that didn't feel true for me, if this negative belief didn't feel true for me, or if I go and look at somebody who is really visible, what would I believe? Or what does that person believe to be true that's supporting them and empowering them in showing up, growing their audience and getting visible? So create a new belief, create a new story or a new set of beliefs if you need to that can help you feel safe about this work and what you're going to do. And then there's a number of different ways that you can use that set of beliefs to reprogram your mind so that you don't let this resistance and this old belief system slow you down can use daily affirmations you can journal it out every day in a positive way Um, for me the quickest and most targeted way of going and updating my belief systems installing new beliefs and, and undoing and reprogramming old conditioning old beliefs that aren't serving me is with guided meditation and with any kind of audio which is why all of Limits Money is audio and has specific types of music because it gives you that guided meditation kind of feel to it. Um, But I use my guided manifestation meditation template when I have like one key belief that I want to go in and shift and rearrange and install a new belief in its place. If you want that, that's available over at the Limitless Mother template shop and it still has $10 off right now as well. So using the code EL10 at checkout will get you $10 off if that's something that you're interested in. But of course, you can use any of the other methods that I described to you too. So that's today's Dash of Woo and that's to help you clear that resistance to getting visible so that you can grow your audience strategically and from there grow your business. Amazing. So before we wrap up, I wanted to talk to you about something super quickly. Um, 
When I was on my retreat, my solo retreat recently, that I did a whole episode on, so if you haven't listened to that, definitely go and, and listen. I started the work that I was doing um, in terms of my business retreat questions. I started with one question. What do I want? What do I desire? And from then, what do I want my life to look like? And what do I want to be doing with my days? How do I want to feel? I mean, that's a big one, right? From there, I then asked myself the question, how can my business support me in getting there? And this isn't the first time that I've done this, and this isn't my first rodeo, right? Because you see, the life that I'm living right now, everything about my life right now was something that I dreamed up once and then created a business to support me in manifesting and cultivating this dream life. So doing work that absolutely lights me up with dream ideal clients, working from home, making six figures, all of these things. I mean, there's loads more than that, of course, but all of these things were things that I dreamed up. And I got super strategic though, having dreamt up what my ideal life would look like. I got super strategic to scale my business and create it and grow it in a way that served me at every single point along the way. So my work-life balance has been super intentional at every point along the way. I have not been one of these success stories that behind the success story is a ton of hustle and grind and sacrifice because this has been really important to me. My non-negotiables are not working more than 25 hours a week or having time for myself and having time for my daughter. So anyway, I'm sharing all of this with you because creating my business in a super strategic way and keeping my mindset on point have been the things that have enabled me to create this dream life that I'm living now and are the things that support me in now going on to cultivate and create my next level dream life. And so combining this strategy, mindset, and of course, dash of woo, this is my zone of genius, right? This is what I feel like I was born to do. This is what my soul was made for. And so I am massively passionate about helping you, I think you know this by now if you listen to the show, helping you to combine strategy, mindset, and woo in your business and your life so that you can be using your business to support the dream lifestyle that you want to be living and to be creating these magical seeming and feeling business results that take your life to the next level whilst enjoying every step of the way. So if you are ready, my love, for more income and not more hours, if you're ready for that business magic, if you're ready for that flexible, fulfilling and profitable business, which is my signature, which is the thing that is my jam, and that I am absolute best at, and that keeps my clients re-enrolling with me, right? If you're ready for that, then let's chat. I am fully booked, but I do have a waiting list open right now. So if you would love to talk to me about working together, if you would love to see if we both think we would be a good fit, let's chat. Head over to corriejavid.com forward slash work with me. You can find out more and you can book a free discovery call with me. And we can talk about how we can combine strategy, mindset, and maybe a dash of woo for you so that you can create that business and life that you are loving. Like I said, this is my jam. It's what I love to do. So if you want me to use my zone of genius in your life and business, then we should talk. 
head over to corriejuffer.com forward slash work with me and I hope to speak with you soon. If you want to find out more about today's show and links to those resources that we mentioned, head over to the show notes on the website, which you can find at corriejuffer.com forward slash podcast forward slash grow your audience strategically. And never forget, you are limitless. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you so much. If you've enjoyed listening to today's show, make sure you subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher so you don't miss out on any episodes. It would make my day, possibly even my week, if you could spare a minute and leave a review over on iTunes. And because I value your time so much, each month, one lucky reviewer will win a free success coaching call with yours truly. So if you'd love for us to pinpoint and then work through that one thing that's currently standing between where you are now and where you want to be, then definitely leave a review for your chance to win. Until next time, remember, you are limitless.